the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That's Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5. Wonderful. I generally like to start uh, my, the preaching of the word. Thank you, musicians. It was great today. Always been great. Thank you. To start with a salvation message. Because some things that we say in church don't relate to people who are just coming in. And we can't just let them be. The salvation message, becoming a Christian. Becoming a Christian. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 1 to 3 first. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I want them saved, Paul says, and I pray for them. That's my heart's desire. That's the children of God, Israelites. I want them saved. They worship God that they don't know. They are not saved. Paul says, I want them saved. He says, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Just because you feel like you're going to worship God and you go to church every Sunday and you have this zeal for God doesn't mean you're saved. We always think because the man goes to church and he loves his family, he's a good man. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. One lie. And you are a liar. And all liars go to hell. So how are you going to be saved when it's not just lying that you, you do? There are other things in your life. Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness. All kinds of things in your life. And, and, and you're a good man because you got a good family, you got a good cause, everything is working out for you, and everybody says he's a good man. Good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. So Paul says, they have a desire for God. They are good people, but they are not saved. They need to be saved. That's my heart's desire and my prayer for them. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You need knowledge to be saved. And that's why we preach the gospel. That's why we share with people about Christ. They need the gospel. They need the knowledge. Without the knowledge, they cannot be saved. Even though they have a zeal, they really want to serve God. Paul had a zeal for God, but he turned it around and he was killing Christians. Thinking he was pleasing God. Until Jesus talked to him and he says, Who are you, Lord? What do you want me to do? Then there was a reversal. When he got saved, the zeal was still there, but not to destroy Christians, but he turned around, and now he's preaching the gospel that he was destroying, trying to destroy. That's the change that happened to a Jew and a Gentile when they get saved. Not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness 
and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. You have to submit. You are not that good. (laughs) Your husband or your wife can tell you that. You are not perfect. They know everything about you. Right? So you are not that good. We all need to be saved. And the Bible tells us how to be saved. And Pastor Larry is going to come after the service and tell you how to really make it. Amen. He tells us in Romans chapter 8, but what does he say? How does a man get saved? What does he say? The word is near you. It's a word. Say it with me. It's a word. It's a word. It's the word. The word is near you. That's how I go to heaven. Yes. Do I have to do anything more? Maybe. But the key is the word. That's what we preach. The word that we preach. And that's what it says in verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth. Can you get it? Don't get it too complicated. Because we want them to cry. He didn't say when you cry, you're going to get saved. We want them to beg God. That's not what he says. The work is already done. Jesus finished the work on the cross. All you have to do is receive it. Is that so hard to do? If I chase this Bible towards you, and I say, I bought this Bible for you, please take it. And you go on your knees and you are pleading and crying. I'll say, look around. Is something wrong with this fellow? Take the Bible. Oh, yes, sir. Can I have the Bible, please? I beg you. I bought it for you. Have it. Amen. All you need to do is receive it. Jesus has already finished the work. All you have to do is embrace it. And that's what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth, what you believe comes out of your mouth. That's the truth. If you belong to a group, guess what you say? You speak like them. Because that's what you believe. With the group that you are with. But we are believers. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you do that and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know many people believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. They believe in Jesus, but they say nothing about him. Until you tell somebody else, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, I am saved. Once you do that, the Spirit of God comes into you and all of a sudden your thinking begins to change. It happened to me, I know that. It happened to me. Your thinking begins to change. But it says very clearly there, for, that's verse 10, the reason why you will be saved, he tells you why, based on God's word, with the heart, one, a man, believes unto righteousness. Not what you do, deed, but uh, what you do is with the heart, you believe unto righteousness. You get into righteousness. And with your mouth, you confess and you are saved. With your mouth, you speak unto salvation. 
that's the two things to do. So when I have my crusades overseas, I make them after they've prayed to receive Jesus. Tell your friend. Tell your friend that you are now saved. You belong to Jesus. And you could be there and watch them. They start slowly as they shake each other's hand and they bow to one another and tell them, I am saved. And then all of a sudden, you see them lighting up. They're happy. They're greeting each other, high-fiving. You know what? Because salvation comes into your heart as, long, as soon as they start speaking the word. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this salvation message. Uh, Pastor Larry will come later. So I go back to my, I go to my message today. We shouldn't be long because I'm not sure how much time I got. Uh, the, the message today is titled, the new series, I hope, is titled, Your Foundation of Peace. Your Foundation of Peace. In Romans chapter 3, beginning from verse 16, it says, Destruction... Destruction and misery, misery is in their ways. Destruction and misery, misery is in their ways. Basically, when you are not saved, your ways will lead to destruction and misery. I've seen wealthy people go into serious misery. They have no peace. They have wealth, but they can't sleep. They are suspicious of everybody, including their wife and their children. They are never in peace. They are constantly watching different things. And then other things come into their life. Their life is so complicated. You are thinking they are having fun. Go and stay with them for a week. You find out. You find out. Destruction and misery is in their way. And it says, the way of peace they have not known. The way of peace they have not known. But we believers have known the way of peace. Amen. Every one of you, if you are saved, God has brought you into the way to find peace. And peace is not just saying, in my heart, I don't feel any anxiety. No, every area of your life, peace. Because it's supernatural peace. It's not a natural peace. It's the peace that God himself gives. It's the peace that Jesus gives. In John chapter 14, verse 27... Jesus says, peace, I live with you. Your foundation of peace. Jesus, when he left for heaven, he left his peace here with us. Amen. He left his peace here with us. We have available to us the peace that Jesus had when he was on the earth. And he was God. Do you expect him to be anxious? Peace I live with you. My peace, Jesus' peace, I give to you. Have you received it? Do you know it? Have you experienced it? 
My peace I give to you. When did you receive it? Do you have this peace? Listen, then he says, not as the world gives do I give to you. He differentiates the peace of the world from the peace that God gives. The peace of the world for them is absence of trouble. Absence of difficulties. Everything is going well for them. That's when they have peace. But for Jesus, you can even be in the deepest trouble and you still have peace. He seems like there is no hope for you. Nothing is going well for you. Everything is going wrong. And they're wondering, why do you still have peace? I remember when I was in college, in a foreign student, you couldn't work. I knew to keep the law. I wouldn't work outside campus. The only place I could work was on campus. And I had my... my uh, uh, teaching assistantship, they call it. Teaching assistant. That was my job. That's the only way I could pay my fees. That's the only way I could go to school. And I had peace. From time to time, the head of department would send a memo. Those of you that have held this uh, teaching assistance for the last two years, that was me. Uh, we're going to let you off because we have new students and we need to use our new students. Everybody that was in the same group with me, they're panicking. And I sit in my office, and my friend, the crown, says, Good luck, did you read the memo? I say, yeah. What do you think about it? That's okay. He didn't hire me. God hired me. He cannot fire me. I said to him. I had my peace. I didn't worry because God said, I was here before you got here. He told me that. So I knew he couldn't fire me. He was even paying me after I graduated. He was still paying me. So God gives you the peace. My peace, he says, do not let, do not let your heart be troubled. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what Satan is brought into your life, God says, don't let it happen. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Amen. No matter what you're going through. Why? Because you have this peace. That's your foundation. Everything is going to be taken care of by your Father in heaven. You don't have to be worried. Do not, my peace I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Whenever your heart is troubled, it's over. You're giving yourself to the enemy. You have abandoned what he told you not to do. We do this all the time, and we think God understands. <laughs> we're troubled, and we're crying out to him, and we're in tears. Uh, but the problem continues, and you're wondering, God, I'm crying. How come you're not hearing me? God didn't tell you to cry. You were crying by yourself, and having a pity party. And Satan is there with you, partying with you. Because you are outside God's word. Truth. Truth. Amen. 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 We don't have to be troubled. No matter what the enemy throws at you, Jesus said, don't let it happen. Don't let your heart be troubled. 
Never let it be afraid. When your heart is troubled, that's because you are afraid. Because you don't know the future. But your father holds the future. And his plan for your life is good. He says to give you a future and a hope. Hope doesn't cause despair. Hope doesn't cause depression and anxiety and wonderings. Which we like. And you call my friend, I am very worried. God says not to worry. But you are proclaiming to yourself and to your friend, I am worried. <laughs> I'm worried. We don't believe his word. It's like I was reading something. Uh, and I came up with all this type of stuff in my head. It's like, you, you know Jonah? Jonah was gone for a while. He got thrown into the sea. A fish swallows him. I don't know if he had a wife or not. Okay? Because he was gone for a long time. Let's, let's just assume he had a wife. And he comes back home. He said, where have you been all this time? He says, well, you know, I was trying to get away from God's call. And they threw me into the river, the ocean. And a fish swallowed me. You expect me to believe that? A fish swallowed you? John, Jonah, please, just tell me the truth. I won't tell anybody. Just tell me the truth. Where have you been? I told you the fish swallowed me. How were you able to breathe? Huh? Jonah, how were you able to breathe? Tell me. And then Jonah said, after that, the fish took me and vomited me in the place I was supposed to. You expect me to believe that? The fish, you breathed in the fish, and the fish knew to vomit you? What? I, hey, everybody help me. My husband has lost his mind. He's crazy. And then what happened? I preached and uh, God delivered the people. Really? So nothing happened. I mean, it sounds crazy. But you see, that's the word of God. We always question it. In our minds, how can this be? Well, it happened to them. Even if it happened to them, it can't happen to me. I've never seen anything around me. Why do you have to see anything around you? Why can't you be the first? Why can't you be the first to stand up and believe God so others can see and follow your example? And follow your example. Amen. Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. He is your peace. He gave you his peace. Can you imagine that? You have the peace of God and you are worried. Something is missing. Either you don't believe you have the peace of God or you don't have the peace of God. But if you believe you have the peace of God, no matter what comes at you, you are firm. You are unafraid because you know your heavenly father cannot lie. 
You know your heavenly father will stand beside you. He gave his life for you. He'll stand to take care of you. You didn't ask him to do that. He did it on his own. Amen. Listen. Why would you have peace? The Bible tells us in, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He says, for because unto us, because, I always usually change the word for, because unto us a child is born. The child was for you. Can you get it? Every one of us. The baby Mary gave birth, that it was for us. That's our child. And then he became a man. Unto us a son is given. God gave him to us. He'll be, as the Bible says in the scriptures here, he will be called Wonderful. That's his name. Counselor. The mighty God. Listen. The everlasting Father. The son that is given to you is the everlasting Father. Mary didn't know that was God Almighty that was living in her house. Mary didn't, have, didn't understand it. That was God. There is only one God. Amen. God lived with Mary. And Mary thought that was my son. But what she didn't know, that was her everlasting father. She found out after he rose from the dead. That's why she was up in the upper room when they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. She knew just was the son. It was, I was just a conduit. That was God himself. And then he says, he is the prince of peace. The prince of peace. If the prince of peace is in my life, I have eternal peace. I don't have to be worried about anything. Because God will take care of everything for me. According to his word. The ups and downs. Have you noticed Joseph? Did you read anywhere that Joseph was worried? Did you read? Joseph knew his God. I was totally unafraid. <laughs> and see where God took him. From a son, it seemed like his life was going down, down, further down. But that was the path God had created for him. When you complain, you miss it. When you, are, you complain because you're anxious. He wasn't anxious. He knew God was weaving something for him. Amen? And when the time came, there is always a day of manifestation. A day that God's going to reveal what he's been doing behind the scene. And all of a sudden, just like the two men from Emmaus, didn't our heart, but all of a sudden your eyes are opened. And now you can understand all these things that God has been weaving. And then you are so excited you can't hold yourself, you can't sleep. You just have to tell somebody. Hallelujah. 
You just have to tell somebody. That's what they did. They, couldn't, they were going to sleep and they didn't sleep anymore. They got up and even though it was night, they didn't care about what was on the way, whether they were robbers or not. They had to see the disciples to share with them what their eyes have seen and their new revelation. You can't hold it in. You just cannot hold it in. No! You cannot hold it in. Amen! Amen! He was our Prince of Peace. That's why he said, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. We read that and we say, how nice. And we don't take it to heart. We don't believe that God himself has said he will give us rest. Therefore, I have rest from God. When are we going to believe that and stay with it? When? You need God to slap you over the head? Believe my word. Yeah, I got it now, God. Don't slap me another time. Some people, Marilyn says some people need that. Maybe that's true. But I don't want to be slapped over my head. If it's one thing when man slaps you over the head. But when God slaps you over the head, that's, that's a different story. You may never recover. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God wants the best for his people. The best. My prayer, let his face shine upon your life. Every one of us in the earth fellowship. Let God begin to do unusual things in our lives. Because he is God. We don't have to be afraid of anything. Nothing. The devil may throw that at us, <laughs> but it cannot, we are indestructible. Amen? Your finances are indestructible. Your life, indestructible. Your children, indestructible. Your retirement, whatever it is, it's indestructible. When God is in it, he remains eternal. Everything God's finger touches is eternal. If it has life, it's eternal. God does these things. And he does it for us. For us. I can feel the father's heart so hurt by, why won't my children believe me? Why don't they take me at my word? Why don't they act on my word? Why are they so afraid? God did not give us the spirit of fear. We got it from somebody else. Uh, 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 guess who? We're not going to talk about it. We got fear from another person. Not from God. He uses the circumstances to deposit fear in our heart. Fear is a spirit. Given by another spirit. We can disallow that in our life. Life. That's why Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. When you are afraid, this is hard to say, you've left the will of God. Amen? Maybe we shouldn't say amen to that. But whenever you're afraid, guess what? You now believe the circumstance 
or the circumstances more than you believe God. Now you're troubled. And you can't sleep. You're worried. But God has given us peace. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You have all these troubles. Jesus says, I'm going to take them all off your life. And when they're gone, you got no trouble anymore. You should rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But how can you be joyful when you are anxious? They don't go together. How can you be joyful when you are afraid you're going to die? You can't have any joy. You are not at peace. But Jesus is your peace, according to the word. That's our foundation of peace. God wants us to understand that. God will take care of your needs. Spiritual and natural. Every one of us. And I want you to believe that. Amen? No matter what your state is today. God does it, like my wife said, God doesn't need your education to bless you. (laughs) What university did Solomon go to? You teach Solomon something that he doesn't know? His wisdom was delivered to him in one night. The man knew he he didn't have wisdom. God said, I will give it to you. And after that, nobody saw any difference. He was still Solomon. The, the attendants looked at him. That's Solomon. Until they brought the, the, those two women, you know, with ch- children. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, that's Solomon. A different person now. And from that day on, until he died, the gift was there. Because the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once you strive hard to obtain it, it can never be taken away from you. He stays with you. He stays with you. I hope you guys are getting something out of it today. Because it's the truth. Don't be anxious for anything. There are so many scriptures. Because you are already you already have a solid foundation of peace. And God will take care of all your needs. The Bible tells us, I need to go through this quickly and then stop. It says in Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content, be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, you know, God says, wherever prostitution, start from there. Amen? Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Cherish it. But dream. Amen? I said dream. Nothing stops you from dreaming. I don't want your Rolls Royce. I want more. Amen? Not Rolls Royce, material things. I want to do more. Amen? I want to be more for my God. Let your life be without that. Don't think about what people have. I've said it here. I have nothing to prove to anybody. 
so I can be myself. Whether you love me or you don't love me, that's your business. I know God loves me. And that's good enough for me. Amen. That's the way all of us should think. Don't worry about people. They will always be people. Amen. He says, God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you be living in the same house with God if he's never going to leave you and forsake you and you don't have something to eat? Is that possible, really? Think about it. If if you can get God and box him in your house, right? I mean, this is somebody that fed 5,000 men. (laughs) Is it bread that you want? You will eat until you're tired of eating. What do you want? God will provide all of that. He says, I will never leave you. The reason is why he won't do that, according to the scriptures here, so we may boldly say, say with me, we may boldly say, hey, you guys are quiet. So we may boldly say, the Lord is what? My helper. The Lord is my helper. So nobody else. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. You see how that follows? I will not fear. What can men do to me? They can do whatever they want. Threaten to fire you or not. But they can't. If they fire you, the reason why they are firing you is because if God doesn't allow them to fire you, you will stay in that job for eternity. And he wants to promote you, so they fire you. You cry for a while, and then finally you find out what he was doing. That's what you don't. We are, I'm going to close with this. You all know this scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. Thank you for telling me that. That's so good of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do we really believe that? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I will say, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. You turn left is green. You turn right is green. You roll over is green. Green pastures. He leads you beside the still waters. He restores your soul. Amen. We all know the scriptures. And they are beautiful. But that's the truth. That's the truth. My prayer now is God extend it to my children. And to their children. And to their children. Amen. And God has promised even to the a thousand generations. God will do that. Amen. 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 Angela, come on please.